The SCPB mailbox is open, and you guys came with some good questions. We're going to read them off here next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, we're going to start it off with AEW and Ring of Honor. This question comes from Big C187 Stevens. Would it have been a good move for Tony Khan to drop either Dark or Dark Elevation in favor of Ring of Honor on YouTube until Ring of Honor gets a full-time TV deal. He also backed this up by saying, so far, YouTube has done great for exposure for NWA, MLW, and even AEW. I think it's a good starting point for Ring of Honor. I think Ring of Honor, um, you know, the name alone, people, if you're a true wrestling fan, you know what Ring of Honor is and you kind of have an idea of what it has to offer. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, who who would complain about exposure and for Ring of Honor, especially now not having like a major TV deal that could help build it up to the point bef- when when they actually do get something actually going a little more legit. So, right. And of course, I think you can obviously when you're running a YouTube channel, you have easy access to analytics and understanding, you know, the age of a viewer or the where they're viewing from and how, you know, how long they watch a video, where they're dropping off, where they spike. And there's a lot of analytics involved in YouTube that can be translated into going to a TV executive and going, listen, we have X amount of people watching our ring of honor content right now, you know, and you know, they help get X amount of dollars here and such and such. And that's all that matters. Are people going to watch this show that we could sell to advertisers? They could get, you know, add time for and people are willing to buy those products that's really the entertainment game anybody that does any form of entertainment that should really be what you're thinking of is all right we have an audience and we sell the audience to sponsors and then the sponsors buy like i mean we're the only ones that don't do that crap but should probably start doing it sometime soon uh but that's the name of the game and doing it now with nothing besides what happened two years ago, essentially might not be good enough information. Having at least something today that's relevant in today's time, it kind of helped sell that deal. Now, of course, this all is under the assumption that there is no TV deal set up yet. For all we know, Tony Khan has something in place, just can't announce it, or it's not time to announce it yet. So who knows? But I would say that's definitely a better idea than just having the two dark shows. But Speaking of Ring of Honor, Strebo-Rama has our next question here is, where do you think AEW will establish its streaming service for Dynamites, pay-per-views, and eventually Ring of Honor? Probably Peacock. No. I'm joking. You, you're, you're better to handle this question than I am. I don't know a whole lot about streaming services. Right. So obviously the, the most... Easy, the easiest answer to go with is HBO Max, given that it's already owned by Warner Media, and you know they're they're focusing on migrating most of this stuff to streaming eventually because that's where the industry is going anyway. It's it's mostly streaming. You have everybody owning some type of streaming service. You got Paramount Plus, you got Peacock, you got HBO Max. All these other smaller networks have their own streaming services. So I don't think they're going to do a standalone like the WWE network was before they sold it to Peacock. And I know it's still worldwide outside of the United States and maybe a couple of other places that it's a standalone, but 
I, I think HBO Max is probably the, the best way to go with that. But So the next questions here have to do with fan bases in professional wrestling. And they all got kind of the same tie-in here, but we'll start with Andrew Vasquez with the first question. Do you ever see AEW staring away from the hardcore audience and try to build another audience, try to create more quality storylines that people could get hooked on instead of focusing on a lot of matches? It feels like the hardcore audience only cares about dream matches and matches and not storylines. The storylines are a bigger part of pro wrestling. Without that, what's the point in pro wrestling? Do I think they're going to deviate from their hardcore fan base and try to cater to or create another fan base? No, I don't. I don't think that they have any intent to do that. And that's because I think I, I look no further than uh, Tony Khan. You know, he he is a huge pro wrestling fan. He always has been. And he knows what he wants his company to be. Um, that varies. That varies. Uh, very varies a lot from or in comparison to Vince McMahon and what he wants, because Vince McMahon always wanted an entertainment business or a sports entertainment business. He doesn't. He didn't want a pro wrestling business. You know, so obviously it's going to look different. I think that the one thing that people overlook is the AW fan base is very invested and a good majority of them probably followed uh, the, the likes of the Kenny Omegas and the Young Bucks and the Adam Hangman Pages and the Punks and whoever else from long before they ever stepped foot in an AW ring or WW ring or anything like that. So, um, I don't think it's fair to say they don't care about a story. It's just their story that they're invested in is very different than what a casual would be invested in. They're invested in Kenny Omega being the best bout machine, proving that he's the best wrestler week in week out because that's what he did in Japan. If you didn't know who Kenny Omega was until AEW, you're not going to be behind that mission statement because you don't frankly know about it. Um, do I think AEW can do a better job at telling those stories and kind of introducing a casual or somebody who doesn't watch every week to certain things? Yes. Uh, do I think that AEW is ever going to deviate from you guys want this match? You got it. Here it is. No, they just did it last week with uh, Wardlow and Orange Cassidy. No build towards it. Um, I don't think they'll change. I don't think they'll cater to a different audience. I think they're more than happy with the audience they have. I don't know how much they'll grow unless they just randomly get the biggest star under contract. Uh, that's my thoughts on it. See, you've seen the movie, the founder, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Michael Keaton and the story of Ray Kroc finding quote unquote McDonald. And there's a scene in that film where he says, you know, the, I forget is his accountant you don't or know lawyer? what business you're in. Yeah. He doesn't know what business he's in. You know, he tells, Ray Kroc, that he's not in the fast food business. He's in the real estate business. And that's where everything shifted. And Ray Kroc basically stole McDonald's away from the McDonald's brothers. This is basically the, the argument that people don't realize with WWE, or maybe they do realize and, you know, but WWE is not in the quote unquote pro wrestling business. They're in the marketing business. And yeah. when and when Vince McMahon calls them wrestlers, sports entertainers, or pro wrestling is sports entertainment, or, you know, everyone has a nickname or a brand. It's not because 
he doesn't think what they're doing is pro wrestling. It's just, it's marketing. And that's what makes them, you know, sponsor friendly and what makes, you know, them be the big thing that they are. Now, I know that turns a lot of fans off at the same time. And that's what AEW kind of tries to be the alternative to because they're not going to call them sports entertainers. They're not going to, you know, dictate by the spectacle of WrestleMania or the spectacle of, you know, SummerSlam or whatever the case may be. The biggest party of the summer. Like, it's, all right, this is, this is AEW Dynamite's Double or Nothing. I think we have a great show. We got this match, this match, this match. And Tony Khan, to his credit, does a great job at promoting his product and tries to tell you, like, this is the best product in pro wrestling. It's just that they're a pro wrestling company and WWE is a marketing company. Until Tony Khan decides they also should be a marketing company, that's when they start deviating to a different fan base. But they don't necessarily have to do that because both can, they can exist, they can have different business models, and they can still succeed. Yeah. McDonald's is where they are because of their business model and how they approach things. But you also have Burger King. You also have Wendy's. You also have Chick-fil-A. You also have Chi uh, Chipotle. You still have Taco Bell. You know, They're all fast food restaurants, but McDonald's is where they are because they do it much differently. They are a marketing and real estate conglomerate as opposed to these other ones that are just fast food restaurants that do a little bit of marketing. And until that changes, they're not really going to do anything and they don't have to. But let's move on to the next questionnaire from Young Baku Bakugo, I think I pronounced correctly. If not, I, let me know in the comments if I pronounce it next uh, properly next time. But do you think the hardcore fans are the ones that are stifling the growth of pro wrestling's fan base with the intolerance of other people's opinions and the fact that things that they like are not what the rest of the world may like? I don't think it's a hardcore fan. I just think it's fans in general uh, drawing lines between companies and specific wrestlers. I think Cody is a perfect example of it. Um, he was super over in AEW. They started to hate him. They kind of forced him out. He went to WWE and then the AEW fans turned on him. But when he was in AEW, the WWE fans hated him. Look. AEW and WWE are two successful wrestling or sports entertainment or marketing, whatever you want to call them. They're both successful. Um, if you're a wrestling fan and you can't find something to enjoy out of both of those shows, you don't have to like all of it. You can like 10 minutes of it. I'm sure you can find 10 minutes to enjoy of it. Um, by my estimation, Cody and Seth have had a trilogy where it was three very good pro wrestling matches, not entertainment segments. Um, and I could say the same about a lot of matches for AEW. Um, I just think that people get so caught up in the tribaliz tribalism of this is the AEW is pro wrestling. That's sports entertainment. Um, you know, that's not real wrestling. He sucks. He's this, he's mid. And the problem is so many people buy into like shit. They just read like other people. Mm -hmm. Look, you and I have an opinion. People watch yep. our show. People listen to us. They don't have to agree with us. That's okay. Um, 
But a lot of people think that they're, what they listen to is fact, and a lot of time it's not. It's just an opinion, and people don't want to formulate their own opinions. It's like, right. oh yeah, he said this, so I'm just going to stick with that. And, and on the flip side of that, if it's someone that you know, disagrees with us or anybody, it's, oh, they're starting a narrative or they're pushing a narrative. What narrative? You know? Like, we just disagree. There's no narrative to our opinion. Like, if it sucks here, it's going to suck there. You know? Or when, and, yeah. And, you know, people get, then you get the people that are caught up in, oh, it, let's call it the Fed because that's super edgy and it makes us look really cool when we tweet out, we refer to WWE as the Fed or AE, what is it? AW sexual or. Yeah, there's AEW so sexual, E drones. It's it it's is so, dumb. so, so stupid. And honestly, some of that, sometimes I'll go and comment on some of that stuff, but I, a lot of the things I read in that cesspool of Twitter, so much of that stuff could be so easily just torn apart. Like within mm -hmm. 10 seconds, you could very easily just, just tear a lot of their opinions apart. Um, people in general just have an internal bias and they don't want to admit that. And they don't like when people challenge that you can like something and it, look, I like AEW. I thought the match between Eddie Kingston and Jericho was terrible. That's okay. I'm not going to mm -hmm. not watch AEW anymore. I'm still going to support them. If they came to Connecticut tomorrow, I'd go to the show. There's stuff that's good. There's stuff that's bad. WWE, a lot of bad stuff. A lot of times. I hate WWE a good majority of the time. I'm still flying my ass to Nashville to go to SummerSlam. If you sit in the middle or, you know, praise both, it's like, wait, no. And, and like, people don't even realize sometimes. Like, I've had debates on both sides of the argument, for example, with because I work in television and everyone that follows this podcast knows this at nauseum at this point, you know, I talk about TV ratings. I'll defend WWE in there when people shit on their ratings, just like I defend AEW when people shit on their ratings. One, because people that are trying to talk about ratings know jack shit what they're talking about and just regurgitate what they see on Twitter. You're not ratings experts. You don't know what the hell you're talking about, you know? <laughs> Oh, well, look how many viewers WWE's lost in five, 10 years. Well, look at the rest of the freaking industry. You know, they're all losing viewers. If they were, <laughs> were really, they? if they were really in the mud, they wouldn't be putting up record profits. Exactly. They, they, they wouldn't be. I'm sorry. Like people, do, oh, well, oh, it shouldn't matter about money. It, it's business guys. It's a yep. business. AEW is a business. You, the way that you determine the health of a business is by the money that's brought in. I, I'm right. sorry. It's not, yeah, the ratings and stuff, but we live in an age where they're streaming. There's all these other multiple ways that people are consuming content. Ratings mm -hmm. and viewership are a very small fraction. It just so happens over the past two or three years, that's what people decided they were going to focus on to confirm their, their bias. Right, right. And it's again, with, and those against AEW, oh, they can't reach a million. They, they consistently don't go under a million. I mean, like, they're still like, number one in the key demographic how many like they were just number one in the key demographic four weeks in a row and when they're not they're relatively in the top five so key demographics are watching aew when it's on wednesdays so to say like oh no one's watching aew they're gonna fail like stop stop all right yeah.
you know, and WWE's not going anywhere now. I mean, who knows if whatever happens with Vince McMahon, that might lead to something, but that's not because of failing ratings. There's other reasons why that might happen, but the whole stifling and gatekeeping, you know, might turn some fans off, but the only thing that's the only people that are turned off by that are those that are already on Twitter talking about wrestling. It's not like an old fan that stopped watching after the attitude era is looking at people debating wrestling on Twitter or Facebook. Right. That's, that's not who's being turned off by that. But next question here comes from Benny Tassel. When do you think wrestling fans, if they ever will, will stop caring so much about actual matches and put some emphasis on character story building and getting over through their personality? When the wrestler figure, figures it out. There's, There's some wrestlers that figure it out now. Look at Riddle. Yeah. Riddle yeah, figured it out. That's what I was going to say. Austin Theory, I think, has figured it out. MJF has figured it out. Cody Rhodes, obviously, he's figured it out. You know, I think there's some... Eddie Kingston, I think, has figured it out. And when uh, you guys stop complaining... That's the other thing, too, man. Fans, we want long-term storytelling. And then they complain. When the stories takes longer than... Oh, they should have been champion. That guy should have won. Guys, let the story play out, please. Right. Like, and I, and oh, I get he's buried. One, oh, that, that's my favorite. Oh, someone got buried after one loss. Like, shut up. One loss and they're buried. Really? Really? We're not going to let anything, the aftermath? Like, is Orange Cassidy buried because he lost to Wardlow? No. He's probably going to get into a championship program with Wheeler Yuta now, for all we know. That's not buried. You know, or, oh my God. Uh, and I understand there's times where it happens. Like, for example, The Fiend, when he lost to Goldberg and never really recovered from it. Understand that. But as soon as someone loses, they throw around that buried word. Like, no, no, stop, 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 stop. But to really answer this question, like you said, until someone, like the wrestler, it's pers- the wrestler themselves figure it out. Fans are just going to like what they like. And sometimes they don't even realize that they like the same thing coming from someone else until you kind of have to like talk them into it, you know? And like you point out a different situation, like, oh, this is so great. This is so great. And it stinks over here. And then you give them an example of where it was good from where they think it stinks. And it's like, oh, but it's different. And they yeah. try to defend it that way. That That's kind of going on with the same tribalism thing. So. I think there are fans that do still care about stories. And believe it or not, we did a poll. Now, it wasn't really a poll. It was more like a, a survey or a question where we asked, why is AEW better than WWE? The most common answer at that time was storytelling. It wasn't the matches. It was storytelling. Who are the most over guys in AEW right now? The characters, the ones with definitive characters, not the necessarily the best wrestler, Eddie Kingston, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, Danhausen, Wardlow, Jade Cargill, Britt Baker, all established characters. CM Punk, Brian Danielson have established characters. Hangman Page. Probably had the best story arc of the last two years. Mox. 
I said Moxley. Did I say Moxley? If not, Moxley. Definitive characters. Not necessarily the best wrestler, but the best character. Those are the ones that are the most over. And even in, and that is something that, regardless if you like WWE or not, that is something that they conditioned, maybe, pro wrestling fans of the last 40 years. That character matters. And even before then, you look at the territory times. Roddy Piper didn't just become a character in WWE. Junkyard Dog didn't just become a character in WWE. Jerry the King Lord didn't just become a character in WWE. They did it in the territories. Right. But speaking of good old-fashioned times, our last question comes from the Everyday Show Stealer. Which era in wrestling is better? The Attitude Era or the Golden Era? I'm going with the Attitude Era simply because it had, in my mind, the biggest moments, the biggest stars collectively. Uh, I know you may say Hogan, and I, I actually think Hogan was the biggest, but um, it just, and again, when I talked about bias, I probably do have a bias. I kind of grew up at the tail end of the Golden Era where Hogan and Warrior and all those guys, um, but Stone Cold, The Rock, Mick Foley, uh, just the moments, the factions, the tag team wrestling. Most people I talk to always say the Attitude Era, There's it was the best era. Um, that's my opinion. I think it was. Now, granted, because we are in that, you know, demographic, it's most likely a lot of people our age will say the Attitude Era. But I'm going to disagree and say the Golden Era was better. First off, you talk about all the star power that WWE had, and they probably had a, the better collective main event talent. But when you look at the, the golden era and not just WWE, you know, you had the territories, but if you stick to just WWE, for example, Hogan, Savage, Steamboat, Junkyard Dog, Piper, Valentine, Bret Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart, the Night Foundation, the Brain Busters, the Rockers, Strike Force. You know, Rick Martel and Tito Santana. There's a lot. And I could keep Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, but I, then could, you go, I, could, I could do that with the Attitude Era just as easily. To match that star power? I'm, I'm just yes. starting at WWF. Let's go to the territories. The Von Erics, the Fabulous Freebirds, the Rock and Roll Express. Ric Flair, but, Harley Race, but, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I, but some of those names you threw out there, I mean, first of all, you want to say, all right, just WWE, Austin Rock, Mick Foley, Undertaker, uh, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, um, I, you got all of DX, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the, the, the Shawn New Michaels Age Outlaws. part of the golden era, too, as part of the Rockers. Yeah, but HB, yeah the Rockers, but HBK was what got him on the map. Right, but first, you could also, for, well, first off, Shawn Michaels was not part of the Attitude Era. Maybe at the beginning, but he was gone after WrestleMania 14. Didn't come back till 2002. So he kind of missed the Attitude Era. He was the new generation leading he into... He dropped the title to the pioneer of it. The leader of it. True. Cold. Yeah. But he wasn't a part of the Attitude Era. When and look you, at when WCW. NWO. Hollywood Hogan. Paul Nash. The Outsiders. Sting. I mean, and how many of those were in the golden era? Sting was in the golden era. 
Hogan was in the golden era. And you can even argue both of them were as were probably more popular during the golden era than they were in the attitude era. I don't know. Definitely Hogan. Hogan. Yeah. Hogan. Sting. You could either say late 80 sting or 97 sting. We're probably the peak of his career. I don't know. That's tough, but. And you can even make the argument for tag team. You can make the argument for tag team wrestling during the golden era. When it comes to ratings, I, I know, I, I know. What do you mean you don't know about that? The Heart Foundation. Yeah, you, during the Attitude Era, you had demolition. Legion of Doom. Christian, you had Edge and Christian. You had the Hardys. The Hardys. You had the APA. Um, the Nasty Boys. The Dudleys. The Rock and Roll Express. The Von Erichs. The Fabulous Freebirds, as I already mentioned. Attitude Era had LOD two thousand. Come on. Sure. You're throwing a lot of these names that were also part of the golden era, though. I don't think there was a bigger I didn't even point mention, in wrestling I didn't even meant, ever. Than what, the Attitude Era? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. How many times did the Attitude Era peak at 33 million viewers? Probably never. But they used to compete golden with, era the, did. With, the Monday, with Monday Night Football regularly. True, but Saturday night main event? 33 million people watching Andre versus Hogan too. They're both good. Don't get me wrong. I just, my choice is attitude era. All right. I would say golden era, but let us know in the comments, which era do you think is better golden era or attitude era? Don't forget to share this over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPB podcast. Subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode of the squared circle cycle babble.